0: Everyone dreams of fantasy football glory. Only few will ever know what it truly feels like to be a champion. Now, for the first time, you've got a fighting chance. Presenting Fantasy Football Dreams with J.C. Harvey. What's up, everybody? J.C. Harvey here. Week six uh, came and went. And if you're still listening, you're probably still in playoff contention. So congratulations! A uh, lot of crazy stuff happened in the NFL uh, with the uh, Indianapolis Colts blowing the 14-point lead. Dallas going into uh, Lambeau and crushing the Packers 30 to 16. Ezekiel Elliott is still rolling. Uh, the the whole Carolina Panthers. Cam Newton walking off post game. Uh, we will get to that later. Uh, the upset of the week, the Miami Dolphins beat the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers 30-15. or thirty to 15. Uh, Big news out of that game, Ben Roethlisberger tears his MCL. Uh, so we'll discuss that. And also Jay Ajaya, that game, running for 204 yards. So lots of things went down, and we are going to break it all down for you on the uh, week six uh, postgame show. And we're also going to look forward to uh, week seven and discuss that as well. So thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, let's get this started with. I want to do it like three hot takes. I want to do some hot takes and uh, let me let me set this up for you. Uh, uh, Cam Newton's been struggling all year. Team was one and four going in uh, their game with the Saints. Ended up losing 41-38. I mean Cam Newton didn't play. I mean terrible. He was twenty seven to forty seven for three hundred twenty two yards, two touchdowns. Not a bad game, but. They lost 41-38, and they are 1-5 now. I mean, this is the team that uh, represented the NFC uh, in the Super Bowl last year. And uh, some crazy things happened at the post-game uh, press conference. Um, Cam Newton was up on stage for about a minute, and this is what uh, he had to say. This has been a kind of this year. Why do you think that? Just got to find ways to win football games. question and that was literally it he walked off the stage after he said next question and i'm sorry but this is a joke Uh, cam newton's the reigning mvp and before you guys say oh he's just a cam newton hater uh this is the second time if you if you'll remember last season when they lost the super bowl he did the same thing so this is twice cam newton has walked off a post-game press conference and i'm just sick and tired of athletes uh uh, trying to show up the media and they, and and before before you go ahead and I mean question if I'm media I'm not media I'm a dude that does a podcast okay let's let's make that clear but uh, it happens more in the NBA more that does the NFL like I mean Kevin Durant questions the media all the time lots of players in the NBA do it but in the NFL there's really one guy that does this and uh, uh, Cam Newton has done it twice I mean just think about all the quarterbacks. In the NFL, um, Matt Ryan has struggled, not this year, but uh, last year and the years before he struggled. Aaron Rodgers has struggled, struggled for about a year and a half. Have you ever seen either of those guys walk off a postgame press conference? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're pissed off at post-game and they're answering questions, maybe they're one or two uh, replies, but they sit there and they do their due diligence and they give the media the respect that they deserve. They're doing a job just like you did a job and went and played the game. So, I mean, just think of any quarterbacks in the league that act like Cam Newton. I mean, it's, I just think it's a, it's a disgrace how Cam Newton is acting. Uh, I mean, Deion Sanders last year called him out after the Super Bowl so, saying how it was just totally unacceptable. Uh, so, I, I just, when I saw that, I just, I was disgusted with Cam Newton. I mean, why does this? Why does this guy act like this? Yeah, you're having a tough season. Uh, I mean, the Panthers have no secondary. They got rid of Josh Norman. People are lighting them up uh, in the secondary. The Saints put 41 points on him. Breeze threw for over 400 yards, four touchdowns. They're not stopping anybody. Uh, but I mean, this guy. I mean, he's the reigning MVP. He's got to act better than this. So uh, I just, I just, I, I can't take it anymore. I, I can't stand athletes, and especially Cam Newton doing this in post-game press conferences. All right, let's move on to uh, hot take two after I uh, got all my frustrations out on Cam Newton there. Uh, I saw a lot of action on Twitter about who the best running back is in the league right now, and I saw a lot of Cowboys fans saying, Ezekiel Elliott, Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, He's having a great year. Um, What he did versus the Packers run defense, who is elite, top five, was very impressive. I mean, ran for 157 yards versus the Packers is mighty impressive. And let me just say, if you guys watch Ezekiel that run, he does this like hand gesture feed me with a spoon, give me more carries. I mean, it's pretty damn annoying. I don't know if that's just me bitching, but I just I can't stand it. But it, but anyways, uh, Ezekiel runs for 157 yards rushing. Uh, everybody on Twitter, he's the best running back in the league, and so I I just I'm not gonna put him there yet. Yeah, he's I mean he's on he's on track to break Eric Dickerson's uh, single uh, rushing rookie record. I believe it's over 1,800 yards. So he's on track to break that. Has over 700 yards in six games. So he's having a hell of a season, but I'm not. I'm not there to put him at the best running back this this quick. Uh, if I had to break down my top five, uh, number one, I'd go Le'Veon Bell. I think he's. Uh, I mean, hands down, uh, the most versatile running back in in the league, and he's proven it this year. And and the, the three games. I mean, in fantasy football, he's never had below 15 points. I mean, that's how impressive he is. Number two, David Johnson. I mean. I say, hands down, Le'Veon Bell is the best, but David Johnson is. I mean, I mean, just creeping up, I mean, f- faster and faster each week. Uh, ran for one hundred and twelve yards and three touchdowns last last week or last last night versus the, the uh, Jets defense. So uh, David Johnson can do it all, just like Le'Veon Bell. Uh, number three, I am going to go Lashawn McCoy. He's definitely had a resurgence now that he's got rid of Chip Kelly, who will who will just kill any running back. Uh, Lashawn McCoy is just having an an unbelievable year this year, so I got Lashawn McCoy at three. Uh, number four, I'm going with Demarco Murray, uh, another guy that's got out of the uh, Chip Kelly uh, throat hold. Uh, Demarco Murray is uh, killing it this year, and then number five, I will put Ezekiel Elliott as the fifth best running back in the league, and my biggest uh, reason for that. Is the those other four guys that I mentioned are dual threat backs? I mean, they can catch balls out of the backfield. They can they can line up at receiver and run routes. Uh, Ezekiel he can catch a little bit out of the backfield, but there is a pretty big separation with Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, LaShawn McCoy, Demarco Murray in the pass catching department. So uh, I just saw a lot of action on Twitter, and I and I just I don't think he's there yet. I, I mean, maybe next year he will be or two years. I mean, he's really impressive, but. Let's pump the brakes just a little bit. Let's not forget uh, Darren McFadden last year. Didn't even play the first five games and almost rushed for 1,100 yards. Uh, That Dallas Cowboys offensive line is elite. It's by far the best in the league. And uh, when you have Darren McFadden that can run for 1,100 yards in, what, 10, 11 games, I mean, I'm not trying to discredit uh, Zeke at all, but. Uh, you have to uh, include that in the argument when you're talking about best running backs. I mean, the offensive line, and he's by far superior uh, Superior, I mean, compared to the other guys' offensive line. So I uh, just saw a lot of action on Twitter. Just kind of wanted to, to throw out my take on, on the best running backs in the league right now. All right, let's, let's get going to my third hot take. Uh, it's going to be Monday Night Football. It was a snooze fest, the Cardinals versus the Jets. It was a rout. The Jets are god-awful. Fitzpatrick got benched. Uh, The only offense in that game was David Johnson, who is just a superstar in the league already. He's only been in the league for uh, less than a year and a half. And so he was literally the only offense last night. Emerging star. That would be David Johnson's third touchdown of the game. Uh, he's had back-to-back 30-plus point games in fantasy. I mean, just turning in to one of the best value picks in the first round. He's currently the second overall player in fantasy football, just barely behind quarterback Matt Ryan. That's how impressive David Johnson has been. But, I mean, there's something bigger going on about Monday Night Football that a lot of people aren't talking about. For the second week in a row, Monday night—or f- yeah, Monday night football—has had a record lows. Uh, I mean, last year, last Monday night football, they registered at a 6.3. This game, they registered at a 6.2. Uh, to be fair, they did go up against uh, Game Three of the ALCS, Cleveland Indians and the Toronto Blue Jays. They did go head to head on that, but I mean, in the is past. It didn't matter. These are their, these are prime time. This is Monday night football, and they usually just crush baseball. But at 6.3, that's getting really close to baseball viewership numbers. That's how low Monday night football has dropped. And you ask, why is it dropping like that? Uh, one of the big reasons is a lot of fans are refusing to watch this year because of the Colin Kaepernick. and. Uh, lots of other NFL players protesting the flag. So there are that is a valid point. There are a lot of fans protesting this year. Uh, but the other thing is uh, just the avalanche of penalty flags that the NFL is throwing out there. Uh, I mean, even John Gruden last night was just disgusted with all the penalty. I mean, they're they're playing two handed touch out there. And the thing about it is the NFL has made, they've gone so PC, they've made all these rules to protect players. Uh, I mean, the defense is at a huge disadvantage. Uh, As a receiver, you can pretty much do what you want, and a defensive player, you can hardly touch them. And so there are so many flags in today's NFL games I mean, I'm the biggest NFL fan there is, and it was it was frustrating to watch last night. And the NFL needs to figure out this problem because this is two weeks in a row where they have a record. I mean, all time record low viewership for Monday Night Football. That's got to be a huge concern concern to Roger Goodell. Uh, and I mean, the the game has. I mean, the game has changed. It's it's a much softer game. If you follow me on Twitter, I was voicing my uh, disgust towards this Monday Night Football game. I was happy because I have David Johnson in two of my leagues, but I was disgusted in the game in general, just because it is—it's really hard to watch, and I know a lot of people agree with that. And so the NFL has a huge challenge on their hands for the—I mean, for this season and the future. I mean, uh, I mean, I don't know if it's going to get much better next Monday Night Football game. I mean, you're going to have to start having prime time I mean key matchups I mean the Cardinals and Jets the Cardinals are good but they're not they're not a marquee like Patriots Steelers team so unless they have just stellar matchups I don't see these numbers improving this year with the protest of fans and just the way the game is played I don't see it changing okay so that's going to do it for hot takes this week uh definitely uh, like to switch it up a little bit and give you guys my opinions on things I know it's uh fantasy football show, but I definitely like to voice my opinions and let you guys know what I think about uh, important topics that's going on in the league right now. Uh, So let's move on. The big injury news of the week was Ben Roethlisberger. He tore his uh, meniscus. He underwent a, it's called a meniscectomy. Um, He went under, uh, under the knife on Monday, and basically what that is, it's a surgical removal of all or part of a torn meniscus. And uh, it sounds serious, but the Steelers dodged a huge bullet in this. I mean, he could have completely torn his meniscus just like Adrian Peterson and been on IR out for the year. But from all accounts, from everything I've heard, everything I've read, uh, it looks like it is a partial tear, and they're going to go in there and clean everything up. And it couldn't have come at a better time. I mean, they have the I mean the bye week for him to get fully healthy. So, uh Chances are he might only miss one game, and I mean, so I mean, if you're Antonio Brown owners, I mean, you definitely are feel nervous with Landry Jones as the backup quarterback. He's probably one of the worst backup quarterbacks in the league. Um, this is a guy that threw five interceptions in a preseason game. Who does that? Uh, so <laughs> you got to be a little worried. But even with Landry Jones, you you just can't sit Antonio Brown. It's just a tough situation. Uh, Le'Veon Bell owners, I, I think you're fine. Uh, yeah, the defenses are going to key on him a little bit, but he's so flexible. I mean, with pass catching out of the backfield, I I I'm I'm not uh, worried about Le'Veon Bell at all. But if you're an Antonio Brown owner, uh, I am a little worried. So uh, that's the big injury news uh, of the NFL. Let's move on to the actual games now. Uh, I mean, winners and losers. Uh, if you held on to OBJ, Odo Beckham Jr. Uh, you are very—you're jumping for joy. You're very happy with that. Uh, I mean, with elite players, uh, more times than not, they're going to work itself out. If you're Todd Gurley, I hate you. I don't like Todd Gurley. I traded him this year in one of my leagues, and I'm happy about it. I don't care if he got 15, 16 points in a game or whatever. He still averages 3.2, maybe even less than that yards per carry. I'm just not a Todd Gurley fan. But anyways, back to my point—you kind of want to hold on to your elite uh, players, and uh, OBJ went for 40 points. And here's a interesting stat about Odell Beckham. Uh, he has a career total of 485 fantasy points through 33 games. That's the most ever by a wide receiver in NFL history through that many career games. Better than Jerry Rice. I mean, this guy is off to a historic start of his NFL career. I mean, in real life and fantasy. I mean, so definitely uh, Odell Beckham Jr., huge day, huge winner. Uh, LaShawn McCoy tied for the most uh, points uh, through Sunday until David Johnson uh, broke uh, his his points. Uh, but uh, LaShawn McCoy has been tearing it up. I mean, Bills went down 0-2, fired their offensive coordinator, and that has, I mean, paid I mean, I mean mean wonderful dividends for LaShawn McCoy. Uh, as I said, I have him as my number three uh, running back in the league right now, so LaShawn McCoy is definitely having a uh, great year. And I mean, the shocker out of out of everything uh, Sunday was Jay Ajayi, two hundred and four yards versus the Steelers. Who the hell saw that coming? And that's even with Arian Foster coming back. Uh, I mean, Foster only got four carries, and so it's going to be real interesting to see. What happens with that uh, time timeshare? I don't even know if it's going to be a timeshare anymore. I definitely think Jay Ajay has definitely earned lead back status because of that performance. I mean, he was very decisive. I watched a good portion of that game, very decisive with his cuts. He's a physical runner. He can catch the ball. I like Jay Ajay uh, going forward over Arian Foster. So uh, if he's in your league, pick him up. Another guy that I've been hyping for a while now is Cameron Meredith of the Chicago Bears. He's putting up better numbers than uh, Alshon Jeffries uh, uh, is. And so if he's in your league, he needs to be 100% owned in all leagues. This guy, I think, is going to be a future star. We're going to be hearing about, uh, I mean, Jordan Howard, Cameron Meredith, Alshon Jeffries, that, that Bears offense for a while. I mean, I like the pieces they got. So if Cameron Meredith is available, uh, definitely pick him up for sure. Uh, so it was it was a great week. I mean, Rob Gronkowski doing his thing. Tight end positions has just been terrible this year. Uh, and hello, Lamar Miller. Uh, if he if he wasn't gonna do it versus the Colts, he just wasn't gonna do it. Uh, I mean, he didn't have a touchdown um all season. And after going five games and 115 total touches without a touchdown, I mean that's the worst since 1960. I mean, no player has had that many touches and that little of production. And what did he do versus the Colts? In standard leagues, had 28 fantasy points. So he's a classic case of hold on to your elite players. Uh, nine times out of ten, they will produce for you. Uh, another interesting thing is the return of Jamal Charles. Um, he only got, uh, what, six or seven touches, but he did get in the end zone, so that's going to get you 11, 12, 13 points. Can, I mean, depending on what your league settings are, but Spencer Ware ran for over 100 yards and a touchdown, so uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that works out. I do think Jamal Charles eventually, I mean, once he gets his legs under him, eventually starts and overtaking that job. Uh, they do have a, I mean, just a juicy matchup versus the Saints. So uh, if I have Spencer Ware, Spencer Ware and Jamal Charles. I mean, you're thinking about playing both of them. It's kind of like a Tevin Coleman, Devontae Freeman situation just because the matchup is so damn easy. Uh, Another guy that stood out to me this week, like I mentioned in my hot takes, Ezekiel Elliott. I got him as my fifth best running back in the league. Uh, Has a chance to even move up that list. The guy, I mean, I I ripped him in the beginning of the season because he did have fumbling issues, and I did think Alfred Morris was going to start eating into his carries. But he's definitely figured out his fumbling issues. I mean, got over. I mean, had 157 yards rushing. Uh, I mean, it is a a historic feat what he's doing. And uh, just let me read this to you here: what uh, how historic Ezekiel is. Uh, He's the first rookie in history to rush for at least 130 yards in four consecutive games. In the sixth consecutive game to begin his career, he scored double-digit fantasy points, making him only the seventh running back to do that since 1950. I mean, this what we're seeing out of Zeke Elliott this year I mean, just hasn't been done. Think of all the good rookies. Adrian Peterson didn't even have anywhere near close this season. Ladanian Tomlinson. I mean, none of these guys had what this guy's doing. Yeah, he's running behind by far the best Offensive line, but, I mean, still, the guy is damn impressive. Um, Matt Ryan, I mean, going up against Seattle Seahawks, and he's just doing what he's doing. He's balling out. He's the number one overall fantasy player. I mean, just, uh, I mean, he's got to be, uh, you'd think he, you would put him in an MVP consideration. I mean, he's definitely got to be in, in the discussion. Uh, I mean, just, he's definitely uh, in there for comeback player of the year. Uh, I mean, he has had just really bad down years lately, Uh, and so I'm definitely impressed with what uh, Matt Ryan is doing this year. Um, Some of the guys that didn't perform so well, like I said, Ben Roethlisberger uh, tore his uh, meniscus. Uh, Antonio Brown had a juicy matchup versus the Miami Dolphins Swiss cheese defense. Didn't do anything. Uh, Allen Robinson has disappointed once again. And that's a guy, like I talking about, hold on to your elite players. I don't know how much longer you can wait on this guy because, I mean, he's Allen Robinson. You, I mean, you, you got to start him, but he's just not producing. Uh, Robinson scored only four fantasy points on six targets, his worst performance since 2015 uh, week one. Uh, so, I mean, just he's in a weird funk. And, I mean, the Jaguars should be better than they are. I mean, Allen Hearns, Robinson... Chris Ivory, they need to get him going. I mean, I mean, Spice in some TJ Yeldon, Blake Bortles. I mean, that has potential to be a good offense. They should be better than they are. Um, a couple others, Jordy Nelson, uh, not Brett Favre. <laughs> uh, Jordy Nelson, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the Packers are just in a weird-ass funk, and I think you got to start pointing blame on uh, Mike McCarthy. We, we know what type of players Jordy Nelson and Aaron Rodgers are. Uh, Mike McCarthy's got to start getting some heat for this play calling. Uh, the offense just isn't moving; they're in a funk. So Mike McCarthy got to get some heat for this. Uh, this is his team. Uh, he decided to take over the play calling a while ago, and so uh, he's got to get uh, some heat on this. So uh, lots lots of interesting stuff for Week Six. Um, I mean, if you're if you're if you're two and four in your league, I still think you're you're in pretty good position. Uh, you don't want to be one and five. Obviously, zero oh and six, two and four. I still think you can get into that playoffs because you got to think. People that make, I mean, usually it's top four seeds that make the playoffs, and you got to think. People that are in the playoffs are going to have six, seven, sometimes even eight losses. Make the playoffs. So if you're two and four, you got a little bit of cushion. Uh, I would say a one. To possibly a three-game loss cushion to still make that playoffs, but you got—I mean, you got to win. Uh, you got to win eighty percent of your games from here on out. I mean, that's just how it's going to be if you're going to make playoffs uh, this year. I mean, so if you're two and four, try to work some trades, work the free agent. As I said, uh, work the waiver wires. Cameron Meredith, pick him up. He needs to be hundred percent owned in all leagues. Another guy that you want to keep an eye on, some guy that I am king in several of my leagues right now, is Devontae Booker, the Denver Broncos backup running back. C.J. Anderson has just been struggling really bad. He shot out of the gate week week one and week two, was all over the field making plays, but he's really struggled. And Devontae Booker has, I mean, in less carries for two weeks in a row, has outrushed C.J. Anderson. And uh, this morning... uh I mean, the coaches for the Broncos come out and say that they want to get Booker more involved. And so that is just alarm bells to me for C.J. Anderson owners. So if you own C.J. Anderson, be damn sure to pick him up. If you don't own C.J. Anderson, pick up Devontae Booker because I've got a feeling this guy is about to take on a big role. And, I mean, worst case scenario, C.J. Anderson goes down. Booker is a top 10 back. Uh, no doubt about it. So keep an eye on the Devonte Booker, C.J. Anderson situation. All right, well, let's get you guys ready for Week Seven. It's a pivotal week. Are you three and three, two and four? Where are you at? So it's a big time week. So let's uh, let's break down the top five at each position. Number one overall quarterback for me is Tom Brady at Pittsburgh. Uh, I mean Pittsburgh is going to be hurting really bad, and I think Brady's going to carve him up. Uh, versus Steelers, I expect at least three touchdowns from Tom Brady, uh, Gronk, Bennett. I even expect Julian Edelman to get back in the action here. He's been having a couple down weeks, so love Tom Brady. He's my number one overall quarterback this week. Number two, Matt Ryan at San Diego. This says this game has got shootout potential written all over it. Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman. I mean the Chargers. I mean their best corners out of the game. I mean they've got multiple corners that are hurt. Uh, and so Matt Ryan should have his way uh, at the Chargers. So he's number two. Number three, I'm going with Philip Rivers. I'm, that same game, Chargers-Falcons going to be a shootout. Plug all your players in there. Uh, for Philip Rivers, uh, I mean, you got Travis ben- Benjamin. I mean, Hunter Henry, the tight end's been great. Uh, Melvin Gordon, plug all those players in. This this game's going to have lots of fancy points. So if Phillip Rivers comes in at number three for me. Uh, Number four, uh, I'm going to go with Derek Carr. Uh, He had a really down game uh, versus the Chiefs, but I expect a big bounce-back game from Derek Carr versus the Jaguars, who have zero defense. Carr's got weapons all over the field with Crabtree, uh, Mari Cooper. Uh, We haven't heard the status on Latavius Murray yet. He does have turf toe. That's usually a lingering injury. I don't expect Latavius Murray to go, so um, expect – DeAndre Washington to um, um, handle most of those carries. He is going to split him a little bit with Jalen Richards, but I expect DeAndre Washington to carry the majority of the load. So Derek Carr, number four. Number five, Andrew Luck uh, at Tennessee. Uh, Luck quietly had a great bounce back year. I mean, he's kept his interceptions down, was god-awful last year. Uh, And he's at the Tennessee Titans. I mean, they're in the middle of the road secondary, but I just think uh, Luck... Uh, and uh, T.Y. Hilton, I mean, they, they let they let go that game last week. I mean, 14 points up with about five minutes to go, and they let it go. So I think they're going to come out and prove a point. I think Luck's going to pick up some put up some uh, big numbers. So he comes in at number five for me, for the quarterbacks. All right, for the running backs, my number one overall running back for week seven is DeMarco Murray uh, versus the Colts. Uh, if you watch what Lamar Miller did uh, versus the Colts last week, well, expect the same similar numbers that DeMarco Murray is. The Colts play zero defense, so DeMarco Murray is my number one overall running back for week seven. Number two, LaShawn McCoy. This guy, I mean, has been a beast. His last two games, he's got 290 yards rushing. I mean, that's crazy, and he's going to give it to Miami Dolphins defense. That has just been bad. So love LaShawn McCoy, number two overall running back. Number three, got to go with my man, David Johnson. Yeah, he's got a tough... uh Tough matchup versus Seattle, but this is the game we're gonna see if David Johnson is matchup proof, and I lean towards that side. I do think this guy's a matchup proof. There's too many weapons on the Cardinals. Uh, they're gonna line him up receiver, line him up in the slot, throw it out of the backfield. He's gonna run it. So this is gonna be an interesting game to watch with David Johnson. But he comes in at number three for me. Number four, uh, still going with Le'Veon Bell. I know uh, Ben Roethlisberger hurts everybody on that offense, but I don't think it really hurts Le'Veon Bell that much. If anything, it's his usage is going to go up. I mean, he's only been getting about uh, 12 to 15 carries. I expect that number to go to 22, 23, 24 carries a game. They're going to lean heavily on Le'Veon Bell versus the Patriots. Um, you do have to be worried about Bill Belichick. He, he loves to scheme the best players out of the games. And with Landry Jones not being able to throw the ball effectively in the NFL, you would think – uh, Bill Belichick's going to try to eliminate Le'Veon Bell. So keep an eye on that, but I still have him as my number four overall running back. And number five, welcome back muscle hamster, Doug Martin. And I got him at number five because he's playing the worst rush defense in the NFL at the 49ers. Uh, we've seen what David Johnson of others have done to the 49ers defense. So I fully expect if Doug Martin is 100% healthy from his I mean multi-week hamstring injury, I fully expect Doug Martin to take advantage of the 49ers. I mean, zero run defense whatsoever. So Doug Martin rounds out the top five for me for running backs for Week 7. Moving on to receivers, Julio Jones, my number one overall receiver for Week 7. Like I said, that uh, Falcons-Chargers game is going to have zero defense. I mean, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones... Uh, if you got them, I mean you're doing really well in the league. So Julio Jones is my easy, easy number one overall receiver this week. Number two, uh, how can I not have OBJ number two after doing over 200 yards and two touchdowns last week? He's at the LA Rams. Uh, they got a good defense. Their secondary is kind of shaky, and I I like what I'm seeing from Eli Manning. Uh, Eli Manning is quietly uh, second in the league in passing. This guy's been getting killed by everybody. But he finishes. I mean, he's. I mean, he's number two in I mean, passing through week six. So uh, Eli Manning's. I mean, just getting it done. He's moving up the all-time uh, records for passing yards. I, I believe he's at fourteen right now. I mean, so Eli Manning. He's a surefire Hall of Famer. Surefire first-round ballot. Uh, two-time Super Bowl champ. So get still getting it done, Eli Manning. So OBJ is going to be thrown to OBJ. So uh, he comes in at number two for me. Number three, A.J. Green, and I got him at number three. I mean, A.J. Green's been struggling. The Bengals have been struggling, but they're playing the Cleveland Browns. Everybody tends to get right when they play the Cleveland Browns, so fully expect him to have a great game versus the Browns. Number four, let's go to Thursday Night Football, Jordy Nelson versus the Bears. Uh, I've been saying I think the Packers are going to turn around. They're going to turn around this and that. I mean, they're just not turning it around. I mean, like I said earlier, I, I put a lot of the blame on Mike McCarthy. I really do. But uh, this is a week where the Bears are who we thought they were. I mean, my, my homage to the late, great uh, Dennis Green. Uh, so uh, I think uh, the Packers, uh, I say that. I, I believe the Packers are going to have their way with the Bears' uh, defense. But keep an eye on that. I mean, let's see if Rodgers and, and company can write the ships. But um, regardless, I, uh, Jordy Nelson comes in at number four to me. Number five, uh, Mike Evans has quietly been a, one of the most solid receivers all year long. He's a target monster. I mean, he has a solid four touchdowns on the year. He's playing at San Francisco, which I mentioned before, plays zero defense. So uh, uh, Mike Evans comes in at number five for me. Moving over to tight ends, number one overall tight end is Gronk. Uh, tight end position this year has just been god-awful. Uh, so it's really hard. It's like throwing darts. It's really hard to uh, hit on a tight end each week. But Gronk's the safest bet. So uh, for my money, he's my number one option at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Number two, this is strictly uh, matchup play, matchup based. Uh, I actually hate this guy in fantasy football. But Travis Kelsey, he has, I mean, he has Gronk-like skills and talents, But he's just one of the most frustrating tight ends to own in fantasy football he just he'll blow up one week and disappear the next but he's playing the saints everybody rolls up the saints so travis kelsey comes in at number two strictly uh based on matchups number three jimmy graham uh, another guy that's quietly having a great year this guy tore his achilles tendon last year that's the same injury that basically ended kobe bryant's career uh People just don't come back from Achilles tendon, I mean, ruptures or tears, whatever you want to say. But this guy's having a great year, and he's playing a Cardinals defense that gives up a lot of points to the tight end position. Uh, that's going to be a just a fascinating Sunday night football game. I cannot wait to watch that. So Jimmy Graham comes in at number three for me. Number four, uh, this guy uh, needs to be on a lot of people's radar uh, with Antonio Gaines out, Hunter Henry. Of the San Diego Chargers has, I mean, quietly become Philip Rivers' favorite target. He's got three touchdowns the last three games. Playing uh, at the Atlanta Falcons, like I said, that game is going to be a shootout. Uh, so I love Hunter Henry. He comes in at number four for me. And at number five, let's go back to that Thursday night football. Zach Miller uh, is Brian Hoyer's uh, second favorite target behind Cameron Meredith. Uh, he has, uh, I mean. It, uh, Zach Miller he's playing the Packers Thursday night football um, so he comes in at number five for me I like what I see out of him and I, I don't like this Packer's defense at all so I think uh, they can be exposed so uh, like Zach Miller comes in at number five for me and so that is gonna do it for my top five at each position um, like I said I mean if you're two and four you still got a shot I mean yeah you got to start winning three and three are good anything after three and three you're in great shape i mean uh even the guys that are five and one four and two um and you're only a game or two games out that's not a lot i mean there's still plenty of time to catch those guys in your league um see if anybody will make a trade i mean i know in a lot of leagues trades are like rare they're really hard uh what i've found that actually works is overwhelm overwhelm people with your trade options your trade offers do uh Two for ones, even three for ones, uh, for people. Uh, I mean, like like an AJ Green uh, offer, like a Terrence West, Travis Benjamin. Uh, I mean, and another like a throw-in players so just overwhelm people with options, and people that really uh, lifts people's eyebrows and kind of gets them thinking for people that, I mean, historically don't trade. So, I mean, three-for-ones are a great weapon. I use them all the time in trades. And, I mean, another thing about trading is if you can clear – I mean, the free agency and waivers is huge for trades. If you can build a great bench that people like, uh, you can move your bench for starting players. That's another way to grow your team um, and build build a solid core of players. Um, really, in fantasy football – to have a good team, you need about three players. To have a great team, four like a core of four players, I mean, more times than not, you're going to make pl- playoffs with four good core players. I mean, I'm, I'm talking uh, good two running backs, good two receivers. Uh, and In my opinion on quarterbacks, I would rather much have my points at the flex positions. I'd rather have a quarterback that gets 15 to 17 points versus one that gets... 20 to 25 points. That's just my style. I want the I want the points more at the running backs and the receivers positions. So, the way I've always played is I I trade my quarterbacks to get assets at other positions. So, that is another strategy you can consider uh going in if your team's struggling and if if you say you got a Aaron Rodgers, he's a big name. You can trade Aaron Rodgers for multiple assets and uh and then you can go on the waivers. And, uh, I mean, pick up, uh, uh, I mean, Brian Hoyer, who's putting up as good a numbers as Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that's, I mean, the discrepancy in quarterback this year is, besides Matt Ryan, uh, is, uh, I mean, it's pretty It's pretty close. So that's just me. I, I like to get my points out of their positions. So, uh, so that is my week six recap. Week seven, uh, went over week seven a little bit. Um, like I said, if you've got any questions, follow me on Twitter. It's at JC underscore Harvey. Um, send me, a, send me a, like trade examples, trade request. Um Let me look over them. Let me tell you what I think, what I don't like, what I like. Uh, that's at JC underscore Harvey. You can find my podcast on there as well. So uh, good luck to everybody. Uh, Thursday night football, Packers, Bears, week seven. Um, get that win, okay? So Thank you for tuning in. This is Fantasy Football Dreams with J.C. Harvey. See you guys.